G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens. We're going to continue with our positional breakdown today. We're going to have a look at the halves, halfback and 5'8". Plenty to discuss, some absolute superstars there, but uh, plenty of antipod options. So we'll talk about all of those. Uh, once again, brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. Uh, Tony, I think he's back in the country now. They let him back in, Tim. Can you fucking believe it? Mate, I had him at a... Million to one, mate. I thought he'd be locked away. He's not in a body bag either. He's come back alive. So very exciting times. We look forward to having uh, Tony on over the next few weeks. But if you do want to reach out to Blue Wealth Property, reach out to myself or Tim or go to their social medias. Make sure you say that one of us Pelicans sent you there. Yeah, and if you want to know a bit more what they have to offer, what exactly there, we can. Uh, we've got some more information. So reach out and we can tell you, pass on the information and get you in contact with Blue Wealth. So. Yeah, it'll be good to have Tony on in a few weeks so he can tell you the whole spiel himself as well so plenty more to come there and Kempi bloke in a bar uh, there's a sale on the 1st of February 50 hours with 50% off uh, pretty much all the range and a couple of new uh, teas and stuff which we've had a little sneak peek of they are magnificent well worth having a look at. Uh, yesterday, if you haven't caught up on yesterday's episode, we went through fullbacks and hookers. About an hour or so there. Uh, a big chat there. Plenty to discuss. My co-host here, T. Williams, doing? Good to be back at the desk, mate. Back at the bar, I should say. Excited for this one. Positional breakdown. As you said, it's plenty of pod opportunity at 5'8". Really interesting position heading into the season, particularly if you want to run Josh Schuster in the back row and halfback, which we'll get to, you nailed an antipod opportunity. Yeah, Everyone thinking clear in Nico, but if you look elsewhere, there's big options. So yeah, I'm Now I'm going to put you on the spot here. I just, the last thing I saw on my phone as I was going through the questions before I came in was uh, someone asked, have we got our team names yet for 2023? He's looking for a, a few puns here. Are you running with the Kuma Stallions once again yeah, or are you I, mixing I, it up? I used to hate uh, chopping and changing my name every year because I hated set my te team up and, and just the press of trying to think of a, a name and mm. i ran with in the early days the wallagoot wing nuts for a long time just because it was an, an amazing name for a club uh and then i was like let's stay loyal to coombs from the coombs stallion so that's my fear and i probably shouldn't be putting it out there but it's it's people jumping in just as soon as lockout the game opens up and stealing the coombs stallions from me so yeah. You know, someone will do it now that I've said it. And I've signed it up for this year, so we're good. But I know next year I'll be Kuma Stallions 1 or Kuma Stallions 7 or some shit. So. I don't think you'll ever be number one, mate. Oh, I don't think you'll ever be number two either. I'm, so. a, uh, I'm a fiend for a uh, either a niche little Seinfeld or yeah. Simpsons reference. I'm leaning towards the bluest of Heinz this year, oh. <laughs> which I'm a pretty big fan yeah, of. Yes, so. that's good. Go Simpsons, mate. I don't watch Seinfeld. You don't watch Seinfeld? No, nah, I think that was... Um, about 20 years before my time, hence why you loved it, so. Yeah, right. No, you're not much fun anyway. Um, that's really disappointing from you, by the way. Incredibly disappointing. The yeah. GOAT show by yeah, far and away. Yeah. Uh, Blurst of Hines, though. That's awesome. I yeah, like I'm that. happy with it. There's yeah. a, in my draft comp, there's another bloke, one of, one of your good mates, Stevie mm. Hebner. He, uh, he's, he's already named his team after Hines, so I thought I might have to go a little bit left yeah. field. So we might have the Flaming Mawakers or <laughs> something along those lines. We'll, we'll work something out. But, yeah, great question there. If you have got any or your best pun names, make sure you've taken them already before someone steals them. But drop them in the comments. Let us know what your name will be this year. Uh, mate. Halfbacks, five eights. Should we kick off at the five eights? A little bit more interesting. It I is guess. more. Yeah, halfbacks. As we said, an interesting position for antipods, but five eight, it's it's wide open. Yeah. 
wide open. Uh, we'll start with 5'8", and we'll start with at the top of the pile, Cam Munster. I've got a question here from Joel Fraser. Says, uh, Munster kicking and with easy run, maybe playing fullback. Should we consider him? Um, will he be goal kicking is the first question. I'm not sure if he will be. We spoke pre-show. Uh, this question got me a little bit excited for a split second. Then you reminded me that Nick Meany exists. You have to <laughs> think he goal kicks, right? Surely. Can't. There are a few players who should never be put into the position to kick goals in their life. Cam Munster's one of them. Uh, Jordi Rapana has gotten himself <laughs> off that list after the World Cup. He wasn't great, but he had his moments that I'm happy to take him off that list. Uh, Josh Dugan is president. Um, should never have kicked a goal in his life, but kept getting opportunities. And Cam Munster's not far off it, mate. Melbourne don't have options, and he's, he's a big dog in the team. He wants a crack, but it's not his strong point, is it? No, definitely not. But in this question from Joel, there are some interesting points. The, the potential of him playing fullback mm. uh, is real. I think that... Is it fair to say we're worried that we don't see Pappy in the first month? Yeah, I, I would... There's just the word coming out of the Melbourne camp. There's not been a lot, but it sounds bad. It's like, not positive. He's, he's, no, I, yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if he was, you know, first three to four rounds if, if he was back. So Yeah, I, I'm sort of starting to think that Ryan Pappenhausen could be an unreal super coach player for 2024. Yeah. <laughs> he could be super fucking cheap for 2024. Hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes back and he absolutely yep. brains it. But uh, signs are alarming. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Even the wording the Melbourne Storm are using – it just yes the more you read the less excited i get about him so we wish pappy all the very best impact on supercoach massive impact on supercoach and it affects a number of guys which we'll talk about today something that we talked about tomorrow and harry grant there's there's a lot happening here uh but yeah cam munster he's priced at an 80 point average uh i think you can just about guarantee every year until cam munster retires he's going to be somewhere between 75 to 85 around that mark i think last year 80 point average could it be his ceiling? It's an interesting one, mate. And we spoke off air just saying you've never felt like you'll get hurt by not... Sorry. You feel like you're going to get hurt by not owning Cam Munster, but you never have been. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why in such a dominant team with him being one of, if not the best player in the NRL, he hasn't had bigger scores in him more consistently. But, yeah, he just always seems to be around that 80 mark. The fact that... He does a lot of his damage against the strongest teams in the competition means, you know, as far as captaincy decisions come, you'll often avoid it. And then the sides they beat up on, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not needed today. I'll, I'll wait till next week when we play the Roosters or whatever it is. So, And there yeah. is nothing more fucking frustrating yeah. than when you're relying on Cam Munster and he's just sitting back. Yeah. High-fiving people after tries. I don't need to do anything today. Yeah, it's fucked. And credit to him. That's oh, what, mate, that's what, 100%. That's what we love about him. He's like, yeah. I don't need to beat up a... A side with 15 players missing. We'll win. Yeah. I'll save myself. And Wake me up when Origins here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Great. Cheers, Cam. Yeah. Champion. Um, last year, though, mate, I would say that I felt like he had a bit more of a ceiling last year than previously. He had five games where he went 110 plus, including 130 and 147. Mm. Um, he only went under 50 on four occasions. So there's no doubt whatsoever he's a premium player, but I would say as a compliment, he's probably the most consistent premium player. As far as where, he, like, what you can sort of lock him in for every week, but he, I just, as much as he had those big scores last year, I still I feel so much more confident in a Hines in a Cleary to go one fifty plus two weeks in a row. Yeah, and he's got 
such unbelievable base and attacking base. And we talk about base, we're looking at obviously his runs plus his tackles each game. The, the points you can sort of roughly lock in each week at a minimum. And then his attacking base, you add in things like offloads, tackle breaks. The, I suppose the attacking stats outside of the major stats. Uh, and it, it's the best in the game. Dylan Brown also quite strong, but... A few things to look at with Munster. Firstly, top dollar, price of an 80-point average. Decent draw to start the season. He does start with Parramatta in round one. Put 121 on Parra last season in his, in his second game of the year. Yep. Uh, the other one is, all right, how does he fare without Ryan Pappenhausen? And crunched a few numbers. Last season, in the final eight games of the round, when Pappy was gone, he averaged 80 points, playing between the fullback and the halves. In 2021, in that middle chunk of the season where Pappy had all those concussion issues and missed an extended timeout, averaged 76 across seven games. Obviously, last year there was more time spent at fullback, but again, with Munster, I just I don't think it... Not much changes him. He just seems to be that 70 to 80 average player, regardless of changes in teams. I suppose the question is, Guru, if he does play fullback round one, how does that impact his buy credentials for you? Yeah, and there, I, oh, I think first of all, I think that last year when they moved Nick Meany to five eight to cover him going mm. to one, it didn't work. I can't see them doing that again. So, I think the first hurdle for him to move to fullback is that they have to find a five eight. You've obviously got young Pizet, who we'll talk about soon. Is he ready to step up into this role? I'm not convinced. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm I'm far from convinced that Munster's going to play fullback in the first place, but. If he does, he does become very, very interesting, mate. Obviously, after those first few weeks, he's got games against the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. But then he goes Manly Warriors into a bye in round nine. After that, we're obviously going to hit that origin period where you're probably not going to see a heap of Cam Munster. I'm leaning towards waiting to get him till after origin. Yeah. Gun to my head at the moment. My concern with Munster is the same. My only concern with Harry Grant that we spoke about yesterday, and that's... Like, what platform is going to be set by the Melbourne Storm forward pack for Munster to play off? And if they're not as dominant as we've seen in previous years and they weren't overly dominant in 2022, it just limits what he can do, especially his ceiling, his opportunity for attacking stats, his entire game. Like, we mentioned yesterday, maybe they come out and try to play a bit more second-phase footy and, and try and get these offloads going. If that happens, great for him, but, you know, that's a... You know, that's us saying maybe they'll do that. So I just, at the top dollar, I, I think there are better options around the, the mid, mid-range mid sort of bracket. Yeah, and the other thing about the Melbourne Storm, too, is that between round nine and round 19, so those 10 games, he's got three buys plus origin in the midst of that. So you're just not going to see him through the middle of the year. But it, he is such an interesting player that when, when you say they're like, you know, will the Melbourne Storm be as dominant, does that maybe bring more out of Munster? Maybe. maybe, like maybe. If they're in closer games, is it maybe, hey, Cam, you need to bail us out more here. Yeah. It isn't, a, it isn't once a month. It might be once a fortnight. And he just, well, it's a good point. And he just runs and runs and runs. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, he's top dollar. We, we've got our red flags around him early. But, you know, Cam Munster as a potential pod at, say, 10% ownership start of the year with some soft enough games there, it's, there's a point, but not for me. He's a guy that I think at the back end of the season I'll be really looking at. Like the last three rounds of the season, he'll go Dragons, Titans, Brisbane. I really like that run. But even after the origin period, like like after his round 19 bye, he goes Roosters, Newcastle, Parramatta, Penrith, Canberra. Yeah. It's not great. 
really isn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if I don't own Munster until very, very late in the season. I know a lot of people are looking to start with him. And if he is playing fullback, it's probably a different conversation. I'm not convinced it's going to be that way just yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty fair to say both of us will probably start without Munster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Dill Brown, career year last year, seven hundred eighty k this year, coming off a seventy four point average. Um, I I don't I don't love buying guys off a career high year. So Dill Brown, I'm probably not looking at him. Um, the impact of Josh Hodgson, we spoke about him yesterday. Um, we are assuming that he will just pass off the deck and give the ball to them. If he doesn't, that worries me with Dill Brown. You know, we're, we're yet mm. to see how that all is going to work. But the thing about Dill Brown is that he is unreal for the buys. Parramatta, what is it? They play every single buy round. Yep, the three big buy rounds. So him and Mitchie Moses. He, he's also time. a Kiwi, so he's not going to play Origin. Yeah. So you, you're safe as houses there. Mitch Moses more than likely won't play Origin. Uh, take a number of injuries for him to get in there. So Parramatta, they do become very, very interesting during the middle of the season. And Dill Brown, he becomes super interesting, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Just quick side note. When you type in like a team's NRL draw and you go to their club, you click on it on Google and it just brings up some rogue gear. Like I said it for <laughs> Parramatta and it's brought up the Telstra Premiership in 1998. So How'd they go? For anyone wondering, <laughs> they knocked off the charges in round 2, 14, 12 in a nail-biter. <laughs> Noted. Good. Um, I think I had him one to twelve. <laughs> Dylan Brown. He's an interesting one because you think that your first thought is right. Career year, um, he probably won't improve on that. There's no value on him early in the season. And then you also think, all right, Parramatta Grand Final. So are they going to improve on that season? Probably not. Then you're like, they weren't actually that good during the season. Yeah, yep. they snuck into the four, but. There is improvement in them because they weren't that. They were good. so inconsistent. They were good it's when they funny. wanted to be. Yeah. Like if they're actually good week in week out this year, well maybe there is improvement in the team in Dylan Brown in, and his supercoach scoring. That being said, starting the year, Storm Sharks, Manly at Brookvale Oval, Panthers Roosters. Dear Lord, is that Manly round three? That is Manly. So round that'll probably three. be the return of Turbo. Yeah, he'll come score four tries and just that crowd will be going berserk because yeah. their godfather is there. Yeah, um, I think you'd be very, very ballsy to start with Dill Brown. I think there will be a period where he'll be the MVP of a lot of teams. Yeah. A must-have, close to a must-have during that origin period. But uh, to start with, no bueno for me. If I'm paying up for a 5'8 early on, it'd be I'd go Munster over Brown. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've obviously got Brimson, his dual position fullback, 5'8. Look, uh, we spoke about him in the fullbacks yesterday. I think that if you are going to have Brimson in your team, it would be at 5'8, wouldn't be at fullback. Uh, but for all the reasons we spoke about yesterday, we're not overly convinced. Anything to add on, Brimo? Not really, mate. Particularly, I said, just because he's in this crop of so many good 5'8 options, so many good fullback options. Uh, so we made the point against him in yesterday's podcast, and I'll stick by that for now. Okay, let's get into uh, the thick and hairy stuff. We've got Burton, Adam Dewey. Uh, we've got a question here from Jay Smith. Hopefully that is the great Jason Smith, one of the greats of oh, all time on legend. and off the field. Yeah. Um, is Burton the best choice at six to start? I think there's a fair argument that he is. But, um, mate, listening to uh, the Spy Talk last night mm. on Supercoach Playbook on YouTube, make sure you're su subscribing if you haven't already. Thanks, bro. Thanks. That's all right, mate. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I got you. I got you. A little 5-8 over there. Um, <laughs> oh. Make sure you are subscribed, though. Supercoach Playbook on YouTube. Yeah, um, Burton and Flanagan. 
<laughs> I'll bet you five eight, but I'm Burton. That hurts. That hurts heaps. <laughs> um, I he did bring up some good points, the spy with Adam Dewey. I'm still leaning towards Matt Burton. I just think adding kick out on that edge, you know, he's coming back from a World Cup. I think he'll come back very, very confident. Canterbury should improve in general. They should have a coach that picks the team. I just think there's a lot of positives. He's a goal kicker as well. He's 30K cheaper than Adam Dewey. Not that that's a big push, mm. but he is cheaper. Uh, I prefer Burton, but Adam Dewey, you have got some pretty good numbers on him. We've got some good numbers on both of them, and this is the one that's... Rob, it's going I mean, to everyone's kill. wrestling with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until round one, I'm, it's going to kill me, this decision. Um, and I haven't ruled out other 5.8s, but it looks like it'll be Dewey or Birdo. So... When we did team reveals, initial team reveals last week, I had Dewey and I was, I finished the podcast and, you know, we had spoke about your team. You gave me a few points around Birdo and I got a little bit keen on Birdo. I was thinking of flipping, went on the podcast last night. The Spy had some good points around Dewey. Uh, I keep chopping and changing. So my against for Birdo, and I'll start by saying the Tigers and Doggies are in a very similar boat in that they've both recruited really well and look like big improvers this year. Birdo, last four games last season, were all under 50 points. Three of the four games were under 32 points. Last season, he had 10 scores under 40 points. Mm. Pretty damning stats. Now, to average, what, 59 or whatever it was he did, or 57... It's like, oh, well, there's obviously some big scores in there too. So we know what he can do. The kick-out factor excites me. We touched on that last week. And it's just, I, I think defences are going to compensate, overcompensate on him so much that it's just, you can see it all year. The Birdo, show and go, just diving over untouched. I like that. I think they're both stars. Birdo's got a slight edge in class to me. I think he's just, a, a, in your words, could be anything. Um, so I don't mind Birdo. Dewey, going back through his stats, felt like when I brought him in last year after his 141, my memory was that he didn't go real well. Then you go back and look at the stats. From round 18 onwards last season, so the first three games he had back for the season were slow. He was coming back from a long-term injury, no surprise. From round 18 onwards, he averaged 72 points per game, mm. like which is really, really good numbers. He now gets behind what should be a vastly improved Tigers outfit, in 2021, he had 14 games at 5'8", averaged 82 points. In that, he had a 20, a 25, and a 34. I know 2021 was that anomaly year with the big scoring, so I, I get that, and that needs to be taken into consideration, but he's just there's just points in him. There is, I just... He's got a better pedigree yes. than Birdo. Yeah, I just... I think there is so much upside in Burton. I, 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 I you know, It's more of a gut feel, to be fair. I just feel like Burton's in for a big one. And Dewey, I just... Whenever everything looks good at the Tigers and it's really simple yeah. and this should happen, this should happen, this should happen, fucking this happens and this happens and this happens. Even, That's my worry. Even if they win their two trials, 50-0, 50-0, you'll be like, this means nothing. Yeah. Like, other teams you do, I'm like, all right, promising signs. That's good. Tigers, you'll be like, I want to see them do it in the NRL. I love the Hello Sport boys always joked that a couple of years ago at the one of the Tigers trials, they went off at when they went off at halftime, the crowd at Leichhardt Oval gave them, gave them a um, standing ovation in a trial and that just doomed their entire <laughs> ah. fucking season. The standing O at halftime in a trial, <laughs> which I fucking love. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I think I'm really, really leaning towards Burton just because I do mm. not trust this Tigers system. 
I want to see what they look like first. Uh, but yeah, mate, anyone that does go Dewey with, with those sort of numbers, I get it. Yeah. I understand it. And the Tigers have a, a bit of a better draw to start the season as mm. well. Oh, it's, I mean, I might just spare myself the troubles and put Schuster at second row and play them both. He'll goal kick too, do he, won't he? Now, now that Jacko's yeah. gone, there's no, yeah. Yeah. And then Jacko Gorn. Surely he kicks over Luke Jacko Gorn. Like when Jacko's at lock, you know, he's going to take a lot of ball off Dewey. Dewey's going to get so much ball. Yeah, but geez, Jacko was putting him in some good spots too, though. Same yeah, time, yeah, fair, good sir. Yeah, I'll pay that. That's yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it'll be really crucial to the Tigers who plays third A. Mm. If it's Bateman, it's great for Bateman. Yeah, but I don't know how good it is for everyone else, and that's going to be a little bit of a worry. And I, I, I would imagine as a half, as good as Bateman is, fuck, it would be frustrating trying to get your sets ready and organise where you're going. You can see them going. being so clunky, can't you? Yes, because he's just going to be a pinball machine, which is what you want him to do, but you want him to do it on oh. an edge when you turn him under, not when you're trying to no. get your set, set to the spot where you want to be. Like, if you don't want a ball playing lock, you're better off going for a Joe who's just going to go up, knock a few down, get a quick play of the ball, and then have everyone set. Bateman, as you said, use the, the correct term was pinball. Yeah. He's all over the shop. Trying to play off the back of that impossible. But then... Do they have the halves to play without a ball playing third eight? That's the worry yeah, for me. Right. Like that, that's there's just a lot of question marks around the Tigers, um, mate. If history, Dewey, no, repeat- to be fair, I'm doing Wakem will be good together, mate. <laughs> to their credit, if history repeats itself here, Tim Sheens has an incredible record of getting the absolute best, especially on the attacking side of the front, out of those players. So, yeah, uh, that but- was also I was about four when he was doing that, Tim Sheens. Yeah, but he all, like, he, but but he's done it over a number of years in very different brands of rugby league yeah. as well. I I know it's a long time ago. I get that, but like you go back to 05 when he did it. You look at 04, like it was a completely different brand of footy where it was just about yeah. these big mobile forward packs. I don't know if I I I I'm not convinced it's gonna happen, but I can understand that as an argument as yeah. well. My, my heart says Birdo. My head says Dewey. Yes, yeah. Um, I think it's a vibe call. You back your gut feeling yeah. or your head, well, whatever you go with. I, I don't think either is going to be wrong, Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, now that that head fucks out of the way and we've come to no <laughs> conclusion whatsoever to help you with, um, Tom Dearden, a lot of people very keen on him with his draw, 612K. That's about a 58-point average. Um I found it interesting. Obviously, he was coming off a career year, which I'm not overly huge on. Uh, but I did find it interesting that outside of the Origin period, so you will remember during the Origin series, he went into camp a few times. So he left the Cowboys, came back, he played Origin 3. So outside of those weeks, he averaged 63 for the season. So before Origin and mm-hmm. after Origin. Uh, so a little bit of upside there. But uh, I just, if you're going to spend 612K on a 5'8", Spend eight less on Burton or spend 20 more on Adam Dewey, I think. Yeah, I speak about players that scare me not to own and Tom Dearden is not one of them. One of them. And I also speak about, I think to really, if you're serious about winning Supercoach, you need just high ceiling players. Yeah. Dewey and Burton will have, you know, could both have 150s in them this season. Dearden, he's rock solid. He was so consistent last year. The Cowboys have a great draw to start the year, but... I'm chasing the upside. 
for sure. And like you have a look at Deirdre, and I was having a look at some stats the other day. I mean, just having a look through it now, um, you know, there was three games in the middle of the season where he scored tries in all three of them, 42, 57, 55. Mm. Um, you know, he's done that a, a, a few times. Uh, you know, he scored two tries against the Warriors in round 23, scored 91, not a bad knock, but it's two tries for a 5-8 in the top 14. Yeah. And then if we're comparing to Birdo and Dewey, their two sides are sides that we think should be big improvers. The Cowboys finished third on the ladder last year and always played in grand final. Like Tough to improve. We think they can be thereabouts again, but you know, easier said than done. Yeah, I, I think Dearden is a solid supercoach player, but I think he'll always be a better footballer than yep. what he is. Um, supercoach player, realistically. Uh, mate, one guy that uh, we're going to talk about a lot today, we're going to talk about him probably in the two RFs, is Joshy Schuster. Mm. Um once again, a bit of vibe here. He's moving to 5'8". Came off a season that I don't think any of us could have predicted last year. I don't think anyone did predict how it played out last season. 5'8 role is him, is his on that left edge. Um, I think at the price, regardless of what you think of Josh Schuster, I think you have to start with him. Yeah, I think he's pretty close to my first pick. Yeah. You just have to at that price. He's almost bottom dollar to start the season. I think I touched on on the podcast last night. He's... Provided he's playing 80 minutes as 5'8", I think his worst case are maybe 45 average player. Best case, he's 75 if he does what we know he can do. Yeah. Average of 75 to 80 and is a season-long keeper. Where would I sit him at if I was guessing? Dangerous thing to do with Josh Schuster, but you know maybe maybe 50 to 55 average for the season. Sure. So, uh, And if he can do that, there's bank to be made. Is he the only player in the comp that could average anywhere from 25 to 70? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's incredible. And the beauty, we think, of Schuster is he's a cheapie, but he's also a cheapie that you should be able to play in your 17 yep. in the early parts of the season pretty confidently, which there aren't many cheapies you can say that about. And if Turbo is on the field, Manly, they will come up against plenty of flat tracks and... There's not many that love a flat track more than Joshy Schuster. Yeah. Loves playing his touch football oh, and whatnot. So uh, I don't outthink the room. Just put him in your side, yeah. whether it's 2RF, 5-8, whatever. If it fails, we'll all fail together. We'll all fail, yeah. You, you, you gain nothing, you lose nothing. Um, another one that I just want to mention that a lot of people have mentioned me about, Jackson Hastings, moving clubs, going from the Tigers to the Knights, they should be better. Um, look, 546K, 52 average last year. You have a look at his games at the end of last season at lock. I think he was averaging about 65 across those games. So he's overpriced. Um, and, mate, the way that they're going to play with him playing both sides of the ruck, I think that his contract wouldn't have said 5'8". It would have just said, get the best out of KP. <laughs> and I just think that KP's... I think he'll play a similar role to... Sorry, not similar. A lesser role, but similar to what Cody Walker was last year. I think there'll be a lot of points that'll come out the back of what he does, but he won't pick up any super coach points for him. Yeah, that's it. He's that. He's the link man in the middle. He's the he's the general. He gets him around the park. Uh, again, he's one of them players that unfortunately it won't always equate to super coach scoring. Uh, and mate, you, you've nailed it well with with KP there. He's going to be the man. And then if KP's not there, all right, a lot of onus around the attack will come down to Jackson Hastings, but. How good are the Knights without KP? Um, yep. Yep, so yep. not for me. So, yeah. So, even though he is dual position and that's appealing, uh, I, I couldn't do it personally. Uh, mate, the last one that is dual position as well that we'll touch on is Isaiah Katoa. Mm. Um, he's been spoken about a lot. I see a lot of guys shoving him in their team so they can spend money elsewhere. I personally think with your Schusters and with your guns that are available at half and five eight, why on earth would you start with this kid? Just mm. wait X amount of weeks. 
you could wait three, you could wait 30. You might be waiting till 2024 realistically. I don't think you will, but I would definitely be waiting until he gets an opportunity. You might even find when he does get an opportunity, he might play 10 minutes off the bench yeah. his first five games. Big time. And which would be very Wayne, and it would make sense. He's very young. He's hardly played any footy against grown men, Katoa. So people's trying to free up cash by going Katoa. I think it's a waste there. What are your thoughts? Yeah. He could also be named to start the season, in which case, all right, we'd probably have to find a spot for him. But playing for the Dolphins, he could average 25 there. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool, he's cheap and he's a talent. But if your team's no good, then it's irrelevant. So... I, I think barring injury, I think there is next to no hope of him starting in the halves for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just... We've seen his talent and how good he is and the lack of spark in that team. So I don't think he will start, but I, I wouldn't be as shocked as you would. Like I wouldn't say next to no. I don't... Yeah, I don't I, think so. I, I, Wayne, Wayne came out and said the other day that those two are his halves and he said Nick Arima will be in the team somewhere. Okay. So I, I can't... Say, uh, barring injury... Yeah, I don't think Katoa's going to. I I don't think there's a chance he breaks into the six or seven. They've gone and brought Sean O'Sullivan for a reason. Wayne Bennett's always liked Sean O'Sullivan, yep. Milf's his boy, and fuck me, you don't start a franchise with a teenager that's played a handful mm. of games against grown men. Yeah, and yep. I think he's another classic example that we need to keep in mind that he came through his prime 17, 18, 19 years of age during COVID, didn't play a heap of footy. Yeah. So I, I just don't think he, he's ready for that sort of task. You, you might be right, but I just... No, I, I don't think he will. I'm yeah. just saying I wouldn't be as shocked as you would. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, right. th- I think your call of being a 14 and playing 15 minutes a game, that's it. Eventually, I yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I... Yeah. But yeah, I just just don't start with him. If he no. becomes relevant, <laughs> then have that conversation. That's the point. Don't start with him. Don't start with him, yes. Well, it was a long way around. <laughs> Good God. back. Um, Let's get in to the sevens. Um, two names dominate this arena. We spoke about them last week. Nathan Cleary, Nico Hines. Uh, Nathan Cleary, 841K. Nico Hines, 902K. So you're spending about 60K more to get yourself a slice of Nico Hines. Uh, both have buys early. Uh, I just, just get them, I think. Would, would be my, it's going to be my take on it, but... Mm. There are other avenues. Before we get to that, is there anything you want to add on Cleary and Hines? Is there... Yeah, I suppose the first thing is that there is an antipod opportunity. Like at the end of the day, Nico's worth 902k. The Sharks killed it last year, a bit like the Cowboys. It's like, all right, they should be good, but will they? Um, I mean, we'll see. Um, Cleary, you just lock him in. Imagine not owning him. Stuff that. Uh, and I think with Mitch Kenny likely starting hooker for them, uh, along with Sonny Luke likely playing a role there too. With no appy creating out of dummy half, it can only mean more ball for Luai and Cleary. With no Viliami kick out on the left edge, it can only mean more ball for Nathan Cleary. So the Sharks draw to start the season. Rabbitohs, Eels, Raiders, and then it goes into Dragons, Warriors, Roosters. So the first three rounds, pretty tough. Look, as it stands, I'll definitely be starting with Nico Hines and a uh, good man, Matty Perso. Perso sent me a message uh, today, it was, just around a few numbers around Matty Burton. So he said the Sharks play those five teams into the round six bye. In seven games against those clubs in 2022, Nico averaged 95.29, including three tonnes. Round seven and eight, they play the Chooks and Dogs, which drops his average to 90.44 against sides the Sharks play in the first eight rounds. He had a low score of 50 and a high of 185. Safe as houses, he says. Love that. 
Yeah, so it'd take a brave super to start without him. But, yeah, I just... It's, I don't think it's just maniac to think the antipods are a horrible play. And that would have been a great bit of content to cut up if you didn't call him Matty Burton in the first sentence. Would have been unreal. Or did the content just get better? <laughs> did it just get better, <laughs> potentially? Uh, but, yeah, Nico Hines, absolutely... Uh, Love him heading into this season. He's got the buy in round six. Nath Cleary's got the buy in round three. Does that concern you at all, only both of them, or is it just not really, mate? Uh, yeah. And and again, we're so early in the preseason. The game's just launched. I've got so much homework to do around. It's the first time in how long that we've had a buy every round. Yeah, years and years and years. So got to work out a bit of strategy around that. Where that'll come into play is if you're in a position, one of your positions has got multiple cheapies where job security is an issue when you're thinking oh this week when they have the buy or like you know let's say you've got a, a, an injury prone player in a fullback position or a 5-8 position yep. you could name a few halfback where you're worried about and have to think about the buy so if they're on the buy and the other bloke's injured and there's other trades elsewhere you can leave you short but uh, not for now if you're going to skip one of these two which would it be? Nico Nico comfortably yeah yeah, yeah. Cleary's done it time and time again for years. Nico, I mean, to be fair, his 80-minute games at the Storm two years back were exceptional, but, you know, he had a career year last year. So, for me. Yeah, I also think um, with Nathan Cleary, I also think that, think about the last few years, he hasn't really had a full preseason. This year, he's going to come in fitter than he ever has been off the back of a World Cup. I'm always huge on players coming back from those extended camps. So, uh, Nathan Cleary, I love him, had him into this and season. The other thing with Cleary, even with a bad draw, he's just, when all else fails with Skipper, just put on Cleary. He'll get you 70 to 80 without doubt. All yep. good. Now, this question comes in, and this sort of links to these guys. This one comes from Tom, at Tom Bluey. says, Mitch Moses considering his buy coverage. Now, Mitch Moses, 738K. Um, Pretty expensive, realistically. 70-point average there coming off the year that he had. But he plays in all those buys, similar to Dill Brown. I can see a world where you potentially go Nath Cleary to Mitch Moses at one point. Yeah. The um, the buy period's not something... I'd, I'll take consideration into it with my starting team, but it's a long way away, mate. And it's yeah. Mitch Moses... That Cleary to Moses or, you know, if Nico Hines finds himself in the Origin Arena, Nico to Moses the week before Origin 1 could be a very popular trade. It is the one big advantage we've got that it, it, I think it would take a lot for Nico Hines to get into that origin side when you've got your Jack Whitens, your Matt Burtons, you've got your Tommy Turbos coming back. They can't. He ran with two hookers last year. So I do think it would be hard for Nico to get into that side. But once again, if he's the 18th man... That's the killer, anyway. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the kick in the dick. Because he's so but, perfect for but it. But I'd, I'd like to think that Jack and Matt Burton would have to be yeah. there again. So fingers crossed, if we, if we can keep... Nico Hines for that period when he doesn't have the buys during Origin, that'd be sensational. And Bert and Moses will have a look at him during that buy period, but it's a start. I, I th- and yeah, nah. and getting again without looking too far into the future, off a massive year for Nathan Cleary. Played in every finals game, played through the World Cup, twenty-seven rounds this year. It's Penrith. They'll make the finals again if they're ever going to rest him. It's through that Origin period. It's a lot of footy. Yeah. Plenty of footy. Um, okay. Jerome Hughes, an interesting one. 721K off a 68 average last year. You got some numbers on Hughesy for us. Yeah. Again, the, the all important with and without Pappy. Not with, actually. Just without. Um, without Pappy in 
five games at the end of last season. Discounting the injured game against the Titans, he averaged 73 points. And even returning from that, there was an injury niggle of some sort. What was it? A yeah, there was yeah, something it was, like yeah. a calf or something. Uh, so 73 in five games, solid. Look back to 2021, though, without Pappenhausen. Again, that, that chunk where he missed with the, the head knocks. 86-point average in 10 games. <clears throat> the other thing I'd say about Hughes is if Cam Munster goes to fullback, this is entirely Hughes' show to run. Yep. So, look... Yeah, I, I, I just you obviously have to go against Cleary and uh, Mun, uh, Cleary and Hines. Hines, long couple of days, mate. Yeah, that's, um, right. that's why you're second. But look, oh, please. But there'll be people out there who are, who are like stuff that I have my negatives against Cleary or Hines, and and they don't want to start with them. So it's important to touch on these guys, and you know maybe is maybe Jerome Hughes is the best of the rest. Um, I've said it a few times in the last few podcasts, but how good are Melbourne going to be this year? How good is the pack going to be? Hughes relies on his running game for a lot of his football, and if he's getting slow play, the ball's no momentum through the middle, he will really be stunted. Yeah, there, there was that period of time last year where I went Hughesy. Mm. He was at about 1% ownership, thought I was onto a really good thing. Mate, he scored about three tries in four weeks, and I think he scored about the average like 50 points. So he just kept me above water. I'm pretty burnt by him from that. I don't think I he can do it again. He needs to do a fair bit. He needs to do a lot. Yeah. And over the years, he's been in a team that does a lot regularly, so it's been okay. But yeah, with that forward pack and everything, a little bit worried. You're right. If, if Munster goes to fullback, it does open him up a little bit yeah. more. What, what's the common denominator in all these blokes we've spoken about in this podcast in the halves who we're keen on? Cleary, Nico yeah. Hines. Dewey, Burton, they're all goal kickers. Yep. He just doesn't have that security of the extra 10 to 20 points each week from goal kicking. Yeah, for sure. All right, another halfback who I'm not interested in, but if Turbo is fit and he is playing every single game, DCE has to be looked at. At almost 700K, though, uh, it's a lot of bicky when we don't really know what Turbo's doing. If, Tur- if Turbo doesn't play round one, you, uh, DCE doesn't exist for me, even if he does. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. So, seasons 2018 to 20, and then season 22, he averaged from 62 to 66, which is DC and Supercoach. He averaged 79 in 2021, which people look back on. Manly Supercoach stats that year, put a line through them. Yep. They, their attack was unbelievable off the back of the new rules and just the COVID, uh, coming off the COVID. So, 2021, Tommy Turbo was put together to be the best season of all time. The exception, not the example. <laughs> exactly right. So, scrap that 79 from DCE and not for me. Yeah, I think you'd be uh, very ballsy, borderline stupid to go DCE, yeah, I think in so. my opinion. And, and then the other thing there is where DCE probably does come into a bit of conversation is if he's goal-kicking, if Garrick's yes. out. But as long as Garrick's in goal-kicking, it's just... Yeah, and if there, there comes a point during this season where Manly hit red-hot form and they've got a good run... Maybe then we can have the He will be considered at some point this season because he always is for some reason. Yeah. And often with merit. It's but yeah. like it, we'll be talking about him. It's just hard with the origin period. He'll play that. I just – and, you know, if you're not seeing Turbo till round three or whatever. Um, but, I mean, on the other side of the coin, when you look at the like the way that they end this season, uh, round 23 they play the Roosters, round 24 they play the Panthers. After that – if Manly are in contention to play finals footy, mm. they're in must-win games and Turbo's fit. Manly play New Zealand, Canterbury and the Tigers to finish the season. So that could be your time where 
We're looking at DC and a potential run there. Spoken like a true draft expert. Tell you know, me about Oh, that. wait, they, this back end last three, four games of the season, like, I don't look at them. I'm like, they're, it's like six months away. I'm like, irrelevant. And you, you always bring it up. I'm like, he's looking at draft finals. <laughs> Mate, you don't look at what's fucking 10 minutes away, let alone six months. So <laughs> spare me. Uh, but yeah, DCE, wait and see for a long yeah. time if everything goes his way and Turbo is flying. The wild card. Oh, here we Sammy go. Walker. And the Sydney Roosters, um, just too volatile for me, I think. I credit to you if you go him and it works out for you, but I just, there's too, there's a lot of mouths to feed at that club. Uh, and Sam Walker, if he doesn't come up with attacking stats, you find yourself in a lot of trouble very quickly. Has the goal kicking that helps, but I don't think I could do it. What are your thoughts? Look, if I was going outside of Nico or Cleary, it'd probably be Sammy Walker. A lot yeah. of man love for him. Uh, you say roller coaster, and he is, but I mean, he makes a lot of tackles for a starting point. Because, well, he makes a lot of tackles. He's forced to. Yeah. I was going to say, but he also misses about eight, so that sort of defeats that uh, argument, doesn't it? From round nine last season, I know this isn't exactly mesmerizing numbers, but he had one score under 44. And that was a 24 against the Melbourne Storm in round 24. Mm. So his numbers were surprisingly consistent. Like in that run, lots of 50, 60 plus scores, a 138, a 110. We know he's got the ceiling. I, with the Ro- if the Roosters are as good as I think they'll be this year, Sammy, like he could have a field day. Uh, th- there could be a, a, a passage of where he just comes out and goes 120, 120, 120. But... The other concern is is just we've ra- raved on about this a lot in the last twelve months on different podcasts, but so many mouths to feed at the roosters, so many attacking points to get around. I suppose the one thing with Sammy Walker is that he's going to be first receiver, so he's probably feeding a lot of those points. Oh, I, like I'd love to, but I even you know, and that hundred and ten that you mentioned was against the West Tigers, the SCG. I was there that night. I captained him, watched him very closely. I mean. <clears throat> He's a halfback in a 72-point victory, 110. When you have a look at, he had 48 points in scoring, yeah. 44 in creative. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not as convinced he's going to be that guy. He can have his lower scores. And to be fair, when I look at these numbers again, he is more consistent than what I yeah. gave him credit for, 100%. But, uh, yeah, I just think if he doesn't come up with the attacking stats, and I think that there's going to be games this year where Sam Walker plays well but doesn't score super coach well. Because there are so many superstars in this team. There is, yeah. Goal kicking for a potentially red-hot team as well. Like yes, he could just yep. rack up the goal. And he started goal kicking last year infamously poor. He really got on top of that at the back end of last season. He'll spend another preseason kicking goals. So I can see that upping a lot. Here's my question. Who, who's your halfback if you didn't run with Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't even really considered it because they're the two that yeah. I've just had locked in. Uh, now that you are putting me on the spot here, though, I if I'm not going to have Tanner Boyd at hooker, I would probably downgrade to him. Uh, I'm, I'm not confident in any of them. Yep. And I'm not confident enough in Sam Walker to go him either, to be honest with you. So uh, a gun to a head, you know what, it might be Sam Walker. <laughs> but that doesn't fill me with any confidence whatsoever. Tell you what he could do. Like, 
oh God, I feel I feel bad bashing the Dolphins time and time again. But round one, he could come out and put like 160 on the Dolphins and everyone just flocked. In saying that, they'd have to sell Cleary or Hines, so it won't happen. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that, that he is capable of getting yeah, that score yeah. in that game without a doubt. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, there's arguments there that the Roosters have finally got themselves sorted out. You know, when he's actually playing now, he's actually playing halfback. Now he's going to play. I just, same with Teddy. I also, you know, between Brandon Smith, Joey Manu, Jay, all these all these fuckers are going to score points. Yeah. They can't all they can't all score monster scores. So um, I'm glad that we've got the two options that we've got because it's a headache I really don't want to deal with. Um, anything else on Sam Walker before we drop a bomb on one of the worst narratives of the preseason? Yeah, get, get into it, mate. Okay, far away. Uh, Sean Johnson was pictured last week with his shirt off. It was very impressive. There was no <laughs> doubt about it. SJ's not that guy. I've got a question here from Anton, who fair huge Warriors fan, one of the most loyal Very Warriors good man, fan. Anton. Very yeah, good man. One of the greats. SJ, contract year, returning home, decent draw the first six weeks. 456k. Got in my notes, had a photo. I don't see the appeal. I don't I don't know. I just I have not been filled with any confidence with what I've seen from SJ over the last two years. He's got older over the last two years. Uh, not for me, mate. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, anyone picking sides off a photo they saw of a bloke in preseason, it's just like they're jacked. Jacked as probably means they'll tear a muscle or something. That's what I looked jacked. at as soon as yeah. I saw it. I thought, oh, yeah, this will be interesting. Probably in the gym too much or something. Yeah, when we loved SJ, why did we love SJ? Because he could move so yeah. well and he was so quick and he'd step everyone and do all this. I, and and if I was SJ, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be trying to change my game a little bit, yeah. similar to what Benji did at the end of his career. But I think it makes him so much less super coach relevant. Mm. Mate, he'll, I want nothing more than for SJ to come out. Like, if we could have anything this season, it'd be for like SJ to come out and just kill it and play every game and the Warriors have a big season and finish top eight off the back of a Sean Johnson big year. But I mean, he played 21 games last year, which is... So encouraging for him. But, I mean, he scored 43 points. So, as far as Supercoach translation, it, it meant nothing. Yeah. Um, the seasons prior to that, the four seasons prior, he hadn't played more than 18 games. So, yeah, no. Yeah, no from me. Especially I, imagine avoiding Nico or Cleary for SJ. Yeah, I, like, I, I just just having a, a quick look through these scores, there's five times where he plays 80 and goes under 20. You can't be doing that. Yeah. If I'm leaving Nico or Nath at the door, you can't be doing that. And you're that. also then putting faith in the Warriors to be any good. Yeah, he's playing with a new 5'8", a new fullback, really inexperienced outside backs. I've never wanted to be more wrong, but... Yeah, I'd be stoked to be wrong on yeah. this, but uh, I can't do it. Uh, the other ones, we've got Tanner Boyd, who we've already spoke about in the Hooker chat yesterday. Um, I think if you were going to have Tanner Boy, you'd have him in hooker, not halfback anyway. Yeah. So we've, we've already given you our points on him. Uh, mate, there are a number of guys that um, that could come into calculations. Um, Pizzette's one from the Melbourne Storm. If he ends up, you know, nailing down a spot in the halves, I don't think he will. But if he does, he comes into conversation. He kicks goals? Don't know. Great question. Can't remember. Because a goal-kicking bottom dollar Melbourne Storm halfback. Yes. Wouldn't would that great. throw a cat amongst the pigeons? Be fantastic. Oh, 700k <laughs> in your cap to go 
Nico to Pezet. Pezet. Be great. Metcalf's the other one at the New Zealand Warriors. I don't think he'll get a spot to start. I would give him a spot to start to start to spot a spot to start if I could. Ignore that little seizure there. Um, <laughs> but I don't think Metcalf will be there to start if he comes in at some point. If there's an injury, I think he's probably next man up in about eight mm. different positions. So he could become relevant. Uh, you got like your uh, Mapalungis up at Newcastle Knights. There's a few guys floating around this competition that if they get a shot in the halves, we'll have that conversation. Uh, but they are all teamless Tuesday dependent, as is 70% of this super coach. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Teamless Tuesday. It's the most exciting day of the year for us super coaches. And where we find everything and you tear your side apart because some bloke's not named or some bloke is named, it just changes everything, doesn't it? So, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, not for me. Anything else to touch on, mate? I'm just, Pezet does mean he's not a goal kicker, but he didn't kick goals for the Blues when they put 32 on the Maroons in 19 origin this year. Yeah, so. I think they had Weaver who was Weaver goal kicking that yeah. night. It yeah. might be a gun, so it doesn't mean he's not a goal yeah, kicker. I think, I think Weaver can hit him. Let's be fair, it doesn't take much. What about that? The Gold Coast Titans having another rookie halfback that's a gun. Oh. Who would have thunk it? Unbelievable. Poor bloke's doomed. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on, mate? Uh, all good, mate. I think we've... Uh, Covered yeah, all that. nicely, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be back next Wednesday and Thursday. I think Wednesday, <laughs> that's going to be a day. CTWs. Yeah. They're, they're going to be their own episode. It's such a fun position. Like, it's, it's unreal. Like, make or break. The early We're going to have so season. many arguments and yeah. I can't wait. It's yeah. going to be great. Uh, so CTWs next Wednesday and then Thursday. Uh, just as exciting. Front row forwards for about three and a half minutes and then we'll be into the two RFs. Yep. So two more episodes coming next week of Beers and Breakevens. Uh, reach out to Blue Wealth Property if you're looking to get involved there. Bloke in a bar, 50-hour uh, sale, uh, 50% off on the 1st of February. Make sure you're following Supercoach Playbook everywhere, especially on YouTube. Especially on YouTube. Guess what else we've hit this year, mate? We're, we're growing. You dancing? Yeah, done. Yeah. I'm not, we are. You got flagged for those nudes early, but you, you, you'll yeah, recover. Yeah. You'll be right. We're a team at Playbook. It's not just me. People don't realise that. There's a stack of us. Many of them more educated than I am. Many. Not hard. So many. You don't You're like just me, the only if, one in Sydney. I'm getting my yeah, paws on. If you don't on. like me, you go and listen to the other boys' chat. Plenty going on there. Uh, thank you, guys. We will see you next Wednesday, 3 p.m. to get into the CTWs. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.